This episode of Reality Bites is brought to you by Hot Mike with Dan Savage. Dan Savage and Audible are bringing you a brand new storytelling podcast. This series curates and features the very best live stories about sex and relationships. In addition to some of the best and funniest live performances about love, lust, and longing, Dan interviews comedians, singers, and porn stars about the art of revealing your sex life on stage. Check out new episodes of Hot Mike with Dan Savage every Tuesday. You can listen on Audible, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including this one. And now, for Reality Bites. Hey guys, we are here with hilarious comedian, Conan writer, co-host of the Jackie and Lori show, uh, Lori Kilmartin, and woo, woo, big woo. I was about to be like, Jackie Cation. I was like, I just interviewed her. (laughs) Um, And Sophia Alexandra, uh, also hilarious comedian, um, is guest co-hosting today. So thank you so much for coming out, Lori. Oh, yeah, man. This place is hard to find. Yeah, it's a little hidden gem. You feel kind of extra cool when you've made it inside. I do. I like to work any place that's just labeled bar (laughs) (laughs) on the outside. That's my instructions. Just go until you see just a big block word bar. bar. Yeah. Yeah. Once I worked a gig in in Nevada, and it was just, and, and it was the only building, practically the only building in town, but it just said bar. It's called Battle Mountain, Nevada. Oh, nice. Post we, office, bar. Basically, and the hotel we stayed at. Right. And then everyone was like living on farms or ranches or wh- wherever they live in in Nevada, you right. know, and coming into the town for the show. And that that's the only place we saw a bunch of cars were in front of bar. So you knew that was so we're spot. like, that's the show. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> right? <laughs> God. <laughs> Whenever I get to a venue, I'm like, please let there be a lot of cars here. <laughs> I was in Shanghai and there was a baby clothing store and it was just called Baby. No. And I loved it. Oh my God. I took a picture. Did you stand like, up in Shanghai? Yes. No, I no. tried. Yeah. Uh, but I was there in the middle of the week and not on the weekend. Yeah. And they were like, there's no English speaking shows at this club, oh. at this other club. I was like, honestly, I'm not going to try that hard. I'm just going to enjoy Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. Is that big over there? Uh, I don't know if it's big, but you can do it it's a, there. There's enough. There's a lot yeah. of there's expats there. That, uh-huh. Yeah. There's an, a lot of like expat comedy fans, maybe not Chinese yeah. comedy fans who speak English uh, and get American I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that translates yeah. the sense of humor. So I think expats is who goes yeah. to see shows. Yeah, that's good enough. Yeah. That gets you to Shanghai for I'll take it. a one-nighter. She was there for, for a fancy thing. Yeah, uh, my husband got invited to the Shanghai Film Festival. Wow. I just rode his coattails all the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. Exciting. I am excited about not having any of my own accomplishments <laughs> that uh, make me travel <laughs> to Shanghai. But one day, one day. Lori, are you so I grew up in Minnesota. Are you you're from Chicago area? Uh San Francisco? But I was just at San Acme Francisco. last weekend. Oh, weird. Why was I thinking of Chicago? I don't know. Is there stuff with your your family that took you back to Chicago? I have yeah, I've been to yeah, my mom's family's from Chicago. Oh, maybe but, I uh, heard a reference in one okay. of your, your things. Okay, yeah. so you grew up in San Francisco. Yeah. Was that how was how was that? Do you have a, a liberal youth? Um I grew up in the East Bay of San Francisco, uh-huh. so kind of like um, the Pasadena of, oh, okay. you know what I mean? That's like it's sort of that kind of uh, white people. <laughs> 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 it votes very liberal, you know. Sure. Um, but uh, so it was. It 
was fine. I didn't have a I didn't have any complaints about it. You know, like I was on a swim team and stuff like that. It uh-huh. was, this is a pretty cool, like classic. Northern were you popular? California. You seem like you were popular. No, really? No, no. You're like super hot. I feel like that overrides. <laughs> oh my god, that overrides. I didn't everything. realize how sarcastic this podcast was going to be. <laughs> um, oh my god, when my husband lost weight in high school and he got hot, and all these hot girls in his class started hitting on him, he thought they were making fun of him. <laughs> That's Isn't that the sweetest, right cutest yeah. thing ever? But um, um, no, and it's weird. I noticed my son has he he seems to have friends that are sort of like on the the outcast. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I was always like sort of friends with people that weren't. Like I almost and it, it had a like a visceral reaction to popular people of. But you were like sporty and everything. To me, this is I'm like I'm like you look Aryan. You were in sports. <laughs> this is my direct opposite What's experience. Your experience. What was your fucking problem? I'm like a white homeless guy. Wait, what? You want my money? Are you serious? You have everything at your disposal. Um, uh, I don't know. I I was tall and I had glasses and I had really big teeth. And, you know, just to, you only need a couple things sure. for totally. really cute girls to go, mm-mm, and just to sort of mock Did you. Did you feel weird before they, they yeah. made you feel weird? Yeah. I mean, getting contacts was life-changing when I was 12. Mm, I, I was got like, contacts when I was 12, too. Unbelievable, right? Huge. It, it's offset by all of a sudden you have a bra and a period. But, I mean, I'm like, oh, if I'd had contacts when I was, like, in third grade, my life would have gone in a different direction, you know? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I, had, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I had very butch glasses that, which, great, but I got made fun of hardcore. Wait, you had these, glasses? Yeah. I stopped wearing, gla- the glasses were so bad that I just was like, fuck it. I don't need to see. I've I did never every year really, too. <laughs> I've never really fixed it. <laughs> I just took them off as much as possible because at first they were like, just wear them when you're like in class. And yeah. then they made me sit first or second row always, which sucked that yeah. you couldn't sit anywhere else because they were like, you need to see the board. Yeah. And I would take them off all the time uh-huh. and lose I, them. And my mom would always be super pissed because they were expensive. I, uh, I that My parents wouldn't let me get contacts. And I just threw a fit. And I said, I'm not going to see anything then because I'm not, I refuse, I'm like, I refuse to look like this. It's seventh grade, you know? I, I mean, it's, I have crushes. <laughs> They're like, do you know Nonstop you- <laughs> crushes. And I'm like, this, this is unacceptable, these glasses. No one wants me. And, You're like, do you know uh, how fucking important this is, Mom? <laughs> I can't believe they can forget that. Are you kidding that. me? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I couldn't see for a long time. I was just like, the you know, squinting and pulling my eyes back <gasps> I did and that stuff too. like that. I also had it mystigmatism, and it was easier yeah. to see if I turned my head sideways like a psycho. All these weird Imagine tricks. Imagine like a 60-year-old just yeah. like slowly turning their head sideways while they talk to you. All these weird tricks, yeah. So, um, so getting context was really cool. Very helpful. Yeah. So that anyway, contacts and boobs at the same time. Yeah, but unwanted boobs, still I unwanted. Feel, I felt the I'm same. still, I'm still running the numbers of uh, breast reduction in my head and going, should I? Or, you know, I should I just stick with what I think about it? Yeah. Are you guys serious? There, I'm sitting across from. Pardon me, but two of the greatest racks, <laughs> and they're just sitting oh, here yeah. complaining about it, <laughs> trying to cash it in. <laughs> I'm always low key checking, like, well, how bad would the scars be? Oh yeah, I'm always low yeah. key, like, how much, is, like, how long? I mean, the scars are under now. I think. Mm, you know, I was like, if it's in the armpit, I had lymph nodes removed, and you can't tell really. So hmm. if it's like that, then yeah, I definitely will check it out. I think this fall. I, I, yeah. 
That's a serious. My no, back hurts. Ah, oh, that's yeah. fair. Thank you. I'm You're getting bra marks. You tell me. Brandy Posey did it. I know. I know. And she's she, I think, super happy with it. Yes, I've never. Did she? Yeah, I've never read anyone say any read anyone anywhere online anyone it, right? complain about it. Yeah, they complain about everything. If you read plastic surgery sites, people complain about everything, but not breast reduction. Truth. They could probably do a little lift. I think that's a part go of the whole thing. That's is part that the, of it. Is yeah, they do a, whole, a little. Yeah, because they can't leave your nipples where they are if they reduce the whole thing. Yeah, then like they would go under. upside down yeah. boob. Yeah, <laughs> we thought about this a lot. Yeah, we're way ahead of you, Courtney. <laughs> so sorry. We've drawn I'm pictures. Definitely and not getting them reduced. <laughs> I can throw you some of my boob fat. If that's, <laughs> if that's what you're in the market for. Um, were you so not not popular? Were you dating early? No, 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 no. Very uh, uncomfortable around boys. Like I would obsess about a guy but uh-huh. and never say a word to him. What was your type? Um, abusive to women. <gasps> yes. <laughs> that is, I feel like that's everyone's kind of first type. It Maybe it is, yeah. So Just sexy to, to be yeah. like low-key degraded all the time. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And, and when they then when they say something real, like, hey, cans or whatever, like you're like, ah, and you melt and you can't respond. Like I feel, I sometimes I feel like stand-up comedy is me, is 16-year-old me responding all the times I got, you know, someone said stuff like that to me and I was like too mortified or too in love, you know, to respond back with a real sassy comeback, you know? I think for me, it's taking what made me like sharp and had boys be like, oh, she's like mean, funny. Yeah. I like that. And yeah. I think that made me a little into a little bit of an asshole once I like was wielding it because I was like, oh, <laughs> this is how people like me. <laughs> and I was like, I'll continue this. <laughs> but now I think it's like, how do I not be mean, but just be funny? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because there's no value in being an asshole. That's a 20s. Thing. Are you talking off stage? I think both. Okay. I think when your sense of humor is tied into like barbs and like if you're the Chandler, you should like yeah. not be the Chandler as an adult. But it's you know hard. What I, mean? I was, we were talking this about this with Alison Raskin when she was on, but because inherently you're looking for an interesting truth and some of those are mean, I don't know. There is a little meanness. I think it's like a good con- start, but I feel like you shouldn't want to stay there. I don't know. We me, should aspire me, to I be shouldn't. more than mean. With- <laughs> I, I don't I, like myself when I'm like super mean. I mean, you could save it for roast battle or for like observations that are negative about shit that deserves it. But like, I don't need to. Yeah. You definitely have to develop a separate roast battle voice from yeah. your girlfriend voice. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. <laughs> so when did you start, da- like when was your sexual romantic journey started? I, my virginity, I was 19 and, um, really 18. Yeah. I was overweight and I was like, maybe if I have sex, I will stop eating. Like I, I thought I kept looking for the key that would unlock the, the me I knew was in there. Right. The, the person who was happy and, you know, like, like how everyone else looked or seemed to me. And so I'm like, okay. And then my friend Sally had an ex-boyfriend and she kind of gave him to me. <gasps> yes, I want to know more about That's this. That's fucking awesome. Much. Yeah, I mean, they were broken up and she was with her guy that she was going to be her husband. And uh, so he and I had sex um, in a something dorm related, maybe a dorm room or a bathroom. And then um, I was like, 
oh, <laughs> I don't feel any different. And we didn't use a condom, so then I had to get Plan B uh. the next day. And uh, but yeah, it 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 didn't change me at all. And what that was super disappointing. When yeah, you, like, pile all your hopes on that. Well, don't 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 they don't they they market sex that way as if. It, I, I had the complete opposite experience. I was like, I only want to do this with someone I don't care about because the first time is going to be shitty and throwaway. And yeah. I want to be good at sex. Yeah. Oh, I see. And yeah. only have sex with someone I like when I'm good at it. So I'm a psycho and I didn't tell the person who was taking my virginity that I was a virgin. Did, did you feel did different you after? I just... I, I didn't tell him either. Didn't I don't even think. notice. Yeah, I don't think I did. Th- it was the most painful thing. It was the worst. We thing. We probably I both pick it. incredible narcissists who didn't care. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that was the move. Yeah, but it's because precisely because I didn't believe in that. Yeah. That that existed. I didn't believe you could have that kind of a time with anybody. So I was like, no, I'm pragmatic. I'll get the mechanics out of the way. And then yeah. Once I'm good. I could like choose who I'd want to do this with. Hmm. That would be a, like a, a person and not just like a dick. Yeah. Were you but, interested? So it kind of hurts my heart to hear that you were like, this is going to fucking be it. Yeah. I kept looking for that it, that magical thing. Did you know who you wanted to be when it happened? Like the person you wanted it to unlock? Just like uh, confident and able to talk and not constantly eating and less not. Less hungry. Less hungry. <laughs> Just like. You know, how every, how all other women looked to me, just uh. wearing, you know, just thin and skipping. <laughs> <laughs> you know how thin women skip. You know, those fucking bony bitches love that shit. <laughs> yeah, and just easy, you know, like, like how popular girls are easy. Everything looks easy. You know, they make friends easily. They have conversations easily. All those things, I guess I thought, oh, well, this might be the thing that changes me. And then when did did you want to go back for more, or you no. were just sort of like I'm good on this for front for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so disappointing. He wants yeah. to go back, right? Right. Yeah, and he wasn't. You know, he didn't really. He was no prize. He was no. Pri- well, neither of us were. It was just sort of like I don't know. You know, it was just like a really a one nighter. Uh-huh. Do you remember <laughs> the first time he had good sex? Um. Yeah. She's still waiting. I think <laughs> I've had a couple really good ones. But I would say a lot of it is my own fault for being self-conscious. Mm, like, yes. it, I wouldn't blame the guy all the time. I would say some of it's me just, you know, not feeling like I want to be seen. So I, I, I'll take the blame on that. At some point, it, you have to go, well, you know, it is a free country. I could have really good sex if I wanted to. Uh-huh. Yeah. When was your first relationship? Um, that was a comedy relationship, and um, I guess it was like twenty-two. Is that guy still doing comedy? No. Mm-mm. Oh. Yeah. No, it's kind of great when you outlive them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish everyone I didn't well, you know, like a little comedy. bit. I think <laughs> sporadically, sporadically. I think. Gotcha. He yeah. doesn't have the Larry Kilmartin career going on. No, I don't know what that career. No, no, it's it's yeah. a pretty good career. That's our okay. Well, maybe not. Um, <laughs> maybe but I, again, not. I don't know completely all of his business. But I, it's, I don't like pop into him at clubs that much uh, or, or at all, actually. Uh-huh. So gotcha. Yeah. Was that when you were first starting to do stand up? Yeah, we were both still starting. Were yeah. you funnier than him? Um, no, no. He was a really good joke writer, and I was still learning to write jokes. But uh, I don't know. He was a higher up on the food chain, mm. uh-huh. the comedy food chain. Like, I, if I was a beginning MC, he was like a constant MC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, sure. Yeah. 
the boyfriend that I had when Sophie and I first started writing together, I definitely was extra attracted to him because I thought he, he was so funny and like yeah. he was going to teach, I, I don't know, I was going to learn just from being around him yeah. more about comedy writing. Yeah. It's just interesting. Um, yeah, it's weird how you think, like, you're, is that like a stage of being a female comic is to fall in love with somebody who's hot, who's like higher up, really funny, and you're, and you're like, I can be myself around him because I can be funny. He likes that. And he's telling me I'm funny. Yeah, he's helping me with jokes and stuff. Maybe that's just a thing we all need to get out of our system. Yeah, I had that, but it was before I was like doing comedy seriously. Mm-hmm. When I was just like a funny person who sometimes wrote like funny short stories. Yeah. And had done a couple mics when I lived in Philly. And like he was one of those like, he was like the airplane of people. Yeah. Where it's like a million jokes per minute all the time, always on. Uh, that's exhausting. So it was both to me something I hated. Yeah. And something that made me feel competitive to keep going. Right, right, in. right. Mm-hmm. And then I, as an adult who's like a person now, yeah. I'm like, I already knew at that point when I was in my 20s that that was exhausting and I didn't want to be around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I felt the inherent challenge in it to be there and to take it because I was like, I need him to know how funny I am. Yeah. Which is like also a psycho thing. Like the narcissist in him was waking up this like fighting spirit in me to just compete with the narcissism and like make my humor get better so that like I could be there and be like, you are not alone as funny as you are kind of thing. Well, and then maybe when you I were, withdrew from that, whoa. I was like, this is so much better. <laughs> maybe you were using him to be funny as an excuse to be funny, you know, yes. in a way. Yes. And then you were like, oh, I don't need him as an excuse. I can, I'm fine to be funny by myself. Definitely. You know? Some people give you permission to do things. I Yeah. And I, I remember being annoyed about his sense of humor because I felt like I already could break down the formula to it. Yeah. Like I could be like, oh, you take this reference plus this reference plus this <laughs> reference. And that's all your fucking jokes. Yeah. And I remember even being mad and conscious about it then. Yeah. And still being like, God damn it, but it works. Like I'm still laughing. Like what's wrong with me? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I, I feel like sometimes comedy friendships can be like that exhausting and horrible too. Mm-hmm. Not just relationships. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not trying to be negative. They can be really amazing too. Like some of my most valuable friendships are with comedians. Like yeah, me too. And Jackie, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is a new friendship. Yeah. Yeah, we just figured out we're 80 hours into being friends. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's hilarious. So funny. That's so funny. But when did you guys meet for real? A couple of years ago. But we've been doing comedy both of this almost exact same amount of time. She started a year earlier than me. We're almost we're four days apart. We're almost the same exact age. But that's amazing. You know, like we said before, we, women female comics weren't allowed to work together, uh-huh. and we were like almost like in, on a segregated track. And so, like, I would see headshots at comedy clubs, and I'm like, who are these ladies? I remember Felicia Michaels and Karen Rontowski and Kathleen Madigan and uh, Jackie too, and and I, I just. Would ne- I was never allowed to work with them. It's, like I never met them till later on. It's so, so interesting because I would I would put you guys in like a similar group. You know, I would yeah. have been like, you guys should have a show together. Yeah, yeah, before yeah. Before you even were friends. That's so funny. <laughs> well, also, I mean, there wasn't like the internet that 
I mean, at least it wasn't how it is now. There was no social mm-hmm. media. I mean, there was like chat rooms and stuff, but there there wasn't a way for, you know, I'm I feel like a lot there of us are friends with people we don't know. Yeah, forum. Yeah, just on Twitter, you're like, yeah. oh, you're a great writer, even though I've never met you. I know you're really totally. funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about forty five jokes about my dead dad. Okay. <laughs> um, we both listened. I loved it, Sophia. That's awesome. Yeah. I was a little bit afraid to listen to it because I was like, my grandpa is 92. Yeah. And basically like, your yeah, dad like kind figure. of my dad. Oh, wow. And so I was just like, I'm like so worried about him dying all the time. Can I yeah. do this? But it was actually really therapeutic and great. And oh, I loved cool. it so much. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. Is and your grandpa- it's so funny. <laughs> does he, thanks. Does he live nearby? Yeah. He lives yeah. like 15 minutes away from me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's just like got dementia now, so it's a little bit not as good. Yeah, as it used to be. But he's like the funniest person I know. So yeah, that's what kind of sucks about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you were talking about how you almost want to get back together with your exes just so you have somebody who's met your dad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah I've mean, run through all my exes. Yeah. Like that guy knows my dad really well. Dude, I think about like having a kid before I'm at all ready because I'm like, I just want to make sure they remember yeah. my grandpa. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I almost literally want to make a baby just in time for that. Yeah. Which is so crazy. So they'll remember a guy who doesn't remember them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I know that, that feeling, you know? Yeah. So you're, you, guys were ti- you guys were tighter than you and your mom, who you live with now. Right, yes. She lives with me, if I can. She, sorry. Established <laughs> dom- <laughs> dominance here. Thank you. It was my invitation. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not super close with my dad. Uh, I mean, we are, but we're not, like, share all of our feelings on the phone for yeah. ever and ever kind of relationship. It's just, I always feel... I can't imagine not feeling his presence, like I that know. he's on earth. I know. Even though he's not, I'm not calling him even as often as my mom. But I would say in some ways, we almost have this stronger, like we share a lot of similar, our personalities are the same. And I don't know, I just can't, it seems like a loss of a security or something. It is that that such a way a great way of saying it. Like you can't like I couldn't have imagined my dad not being accessible. You know, I can't call him right now or email him, and it's so. It, I, I'm I'm used to it now. But How long? When did he pass? Um, three years ago, a little over three years uh-huh. ago. So I'm used to it, but you know, yeah. And when it, when he was dying, I'm like. No, <laughs> no, I, this can't happen. I can't yeah. have a life without my dad. It just doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Why, you know, so. Um, and you talking about wanting to, bo- or, you, you know, capture all the moments or bottle yeah. bottle up the memories or yeah. that, then I can piece it together when, when he's not necessarily here anymore. Oh yeah, and the and ancestry and like I'm totally into ancestry now. Just I'm like, who was my dad? Okay, so we use all these Irish uh-huh. people, and what were they like? And 
the you know they came from county cork mostly and uh, what were they like where do the cork people like now and was my is that was my dad so quiet with his emotions because that's a, uh, a a trait from there or is that from is that because they were in kansas or what like i'm just so now that he's not there when they are there you can't see them completely because uh, they're in your face and then when they're gone you you get a different picture of them and I mean, now I have a million questions I didn't, I couldn't have thought of when he was alive. Mm -hmm. And now I have a million questions that will never be answered. So I try to answer them myself, I guess, with, you know, just doing a bunch of genealogy stuff. I think that's what everyone I meet on Ancestry is like my age. And I think we're all just trying to rebuild our parents in some way. Or, oh, you know what I mean? Or just put it damn, all together that's again. so fucking deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Do you and your mom bond at all over talking about your dad now or is that something you guys don't do don't no share? I mean it's so strange she, she I made her go away this week because I'm on hiatus so I'm alone at the house and, and the thing is every time I go home my mom is there she's always at my house and <laughs> and you know she gets to be alone all day long and I never get to be alone so I said I'm like you just can't be there. Please just go to my sister who lives in Portland. Uh -huh. Even though my mom doesn't like, she doesn't like to travel. She has diarrhea. I'm sure no one on the plane likes it either. But, <laughs> but I'm like, please, you got to go for my own sanity. And uh, so I've had this week to myself. And I've actually spent more time just sort of thinking about my dad and just doing a little therapeutic crying and going, God, I miss him. Because I'm so filled with annoyance of being nagged or mm -hmm. or the fact that she's there that I, there's no room for any other emotions um, in my in my body sometimes when I see yeah. my mom and or she asks me what I'm doing or what am I looking for. You know, you're just like in the kitchen and you're like, I just want to find this thing. And all of a sudden she pops in. What do you need? What are you looking for? Like, <laughs> You know what? I'd rather spend an hour looking for it than have you point to where it is. Please stop That's how I am watching me. Stop tracking stores. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know what you do. I've fucking been in a store before. Unless I come up to you, do not follow me around being yeah. like, can I find something for you? Yeah. Now I can look and uh -huh. then we can have a conversation if I choose. It. Yeah. I constantly have a salesperson on commission only in my house. <laughs> yeah. That you invited in. That I invited in, yeah. So uh, did you always have kind of that different – I heard you – I don't know if it was – maybe it was also Pete Holmes uh, where you said your relationship with your mom is – you're, you're always going to feel like a teenage girl yeah. in that relationship. You're 14. Which yeah. I can relate to so hard. Yes. I don't know yes. if I'll ever – come out of that stage with my mom. I don't either. And I and I feel bad for her because like these are her last like and every time like these are her last years and and she's like kind of fighting with me a lot or just feeling like oh my daughter doesn't like me and um so that's not good for her. But then whenever I actually I try to sit down and have a conversation like mm -hmm. let's you know let's break this open a little bit then she immediately will do the thing that drives me nuts and I'm right back to where I was, you know. See, Did you want, she goes, it's do you think windy. she should you live it? with you? <laughs> I, I don't know, but where else would she go? A nursing mm. home, you know? She wouldn't live by herself. With no, Lisa. she won't. She She's won't fragile now, no. right? Yeah. My grandpa totally would fight us if we put him anywhere other than by himself with like a person I will that too. There. And why won't He's my like, mom fight this. me? Yeah, <laughs> why did know. she accept my offer? Oh, <laughs> I can't. I can't believe it. She spent her whole life going, I don't want to be a burden to you girls. And now she's not, uh, I mean, she um, helps my mom take care of my son. super difficult. And the only way I think I can deal with it is that she doesn't live with me. So I'm like sympathizing so hard with you. Yeah. 
she takes care of my son a lot. And then I'm, I'm able to do a lot of spots because she's home to watch him and stuff like that. So I'm trying to make the best of it. But I do realize I'm always escaping, you know, the house because she's there. Mm-hmm. What, did they, were they married up to the... They were married, yeah, for 54 years, Damn. I think. Yeah. That's uh, maybe why she can't live alone. She's just always used to somebody that, being there. Yeah. And I remember my dad barricaded himself in the garage behind books. And I'm like, oh, this is what he, this is what he did. It. Like, he's hard, <laughs> he was hard to get to. You'd have to turn, like, he just created this maze. And it was a total fire trap um, that you had to, like, go in a circle to find his desk in the middle of it. And he was surrounded by bookcases. And, uh, and you're like, I get it. I would have rather died in a fire, too. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How what? How did she respond to the material in the album? She hasn't seen it or heard it. Oh, she hasn't? Does she yeah. not want to? Right. Yeah. Does she like your stand-up? I don't know. Like, she... I don't know if she likes me. Has she seen your stand-up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She hasn't, like, she watched, a, I did a Conan set about a month ago, and she right. watched it, and she it's goes, um, thank you. She goes, well, it was, you know what, anyone else saying that material, I wouldn't have enjoyed it, but I enjoyed your presentation. And I'm like, okay, dowager queen. Like, <sighs> I don't, you know, you don't need to, you know, crawl, uh, come out here with your cane to give me your review, I'm, you know. You could have just said you liked it. Yeah. You know, it's not that hard. I've just not seen it. Like, I'm used to you not seeing stuff. I don't think she's read my book. <laughs> like, oh my, my God. My dad read it, and he loved it, and he was, like, he just complimented me for a year straight every time I'm oh, so on the phone. Awesome. And, you know, I'm like, and that's the guy that dies. Okay. Oh, man. And then I was like, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Meanwhile, she's reading, you know, everything Mark Levin, everything Michael Savage, everything Rush Limbaugh writes. Like, she'll, Laura Ingram. So... Yeah, whatever. They, I, they were good though. That did they have a good? They had a good relationship. I, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I, uh. to me, I wouldn't have been happy being either of them. <laughs> just where you just kind but of I guess, stay together because that's what yeah, you've that's done. Yeah, that's the generation. And, um, I mean, from what from what I could see is like after my dad got cancer, my mom had to take care of him. And she Uh was always the one that he was taking care of. Like she's always been sort of unhealthy, various ailments, Uh but you know, constantly in bed, you know, reading romance novels. Right. And so my dad's always been the go-getter and stuff. So their, their roles reversed and she had to do a lot of stuff. And I think they, they got closer during that period. But Uh I think before that, they just got used to each other. They existed in different parts of the house. And when, you know, myself and my my son or my sister and her daughters were there. It was like happy family time, and then mm-hmm. they just went back to their corners and kind of, you know, I don't, you know, what I don't know. It's hard to tell. And, and people like you look at a marriage and you're like, ugh, I would never. But those people are are happy or they're satisfied or, or they've made or something. Yeah, they've made they've made uh, choices and they're like, I get this, I don't get this, but I do get so that. Hard to know what's going on with anybody. I know, isn't it? Yeah. Every time I think, like, I know what's happening with somebody, I'm, like, so wrong. Yeah. And it's, I feel like if all of us got to be, like, a fly on the wall of, like, say, like, 10 relationships oh in my our lifetime, God. would you not feel like we would all be much healthier people? Totally. Because you would totally have it reaffirmed that, like, everybody has a hard time with whatever the fuck. Yeah. And, like, that you can't possibly know anybody's happiness or unhappiness. And, and you, like And you are living with a stranger. Yeah. You don't know what their head is yeah. thinking. Uh-huh. And like, I you get always like think 10% about of it. like my husband is like seemingly so simple 
Like, he has, like, I don't know, just, like, his emotions are just, like, easily readable. And they're, like, generally, like, in one, like, column. Like, he's hungry or, like, he's sad. <laughs> or he's, like, happy. That's underselling, And he's, like, Max. sad if, like, something sad happened, you know? Like, it's very rare. Like, twice a year he might feel like he doesn't know where his feelings are coming from. Wow. And that'll take him, like, a day. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, I was sad about this. And, like, so he even I've worked un- it out. He articulates and understands and can label them, which yeah. is... So he's like a weird robot to me. Yeah. And I don't get him whatsoever. And if he knew like one tenth of what I thought about during the day, <laughs> you would, I you swear would be to single. fucking God, he would leave me. Because there's no way, there's no way what I think about in any way matches up with what he That's thinks so about. That's so interesting. Oh my God. I think me and my boyfriend probably are thinking similar-ish things. Like, we experience experiences similar, which is why, like, we get along and stuff. Like, we will go to the same party and generally be like, oh, that person, the same person sucked. Or like, oh, we didn't like this movie or whatever. Uh And like, you know, you have those like, oh, we're on the same team moments all the time. Otherwise, you wouldn't be with the person. Like, what the fuck's the point if you can't hear something with somebody that you love? Like, what are we even doing? But, you know, but I just know that like, when we're each having our own day, that my day and his day are not the same, even though we do roughly the same thing. We're both yeah. writers. Yeah. You know, we're both in the entertainment industry. I just know that based on who he is and who I am, we do not think the same things. And I just think about that magnified when you think about any other two people that you know together. When, when And you're like, I don't fucking know how anything happens. I know. My my ex cheated, and so I, um, I, I cracked into his all of his email accounts Mm -hmm. and I started reading all of his emails and I'm like who the fuck is this (laughs) yeah oh my god and then I would go well okay so at this at this time we were in Providence together we were Uh working at a comedy club together and this is what was going on when on that like on that day that I remember being this way he was sending all these emails Uh to her and he was feeling I'm like oh my fucking god I've been I don't know who this is you right. Know? Yeah. Especially when it commingles with your experience, which is yes, drastically different. Yeah. So that brings us to to baby. That yeah. that that's baby daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So you had your son at forty. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um. And I think you were saying uh, you didn't think you that was in the cards anymore, right? No, you I, stopped being careful? Yeah, like he's 10 now. And um, so I remember right, like maybe the year before that, once I was like 39, this woman named Su- Sylvia Ann Hewlett had written this book about how women are waiting too long to have babies. And if you think you're going to have a baby when you're 36, think again. It's it's like, it was like, it's you might as well be in a terrorist attack. It's not going to happen. Like women are thinking that they get, they're further away uh-huh. longer than they uh-huh. are. And it was all, it was on the Today Show. It was like everywhere. Uh-huh. And there's like a panic amongst women, you know, going. I think oh. there were even TV shows that referenced this all Pro- the time. Yeah, there I think so too. There so many too. plots on like, yeah. oh my God. You've got to have your baby now. Out. Yeah, I yeah. can't. Who am I going to find? Right. So I was like, oh, cool. Because I'm, I'm apparently, there's no way I can have a kid. And I've never been pregnant. So it's not like I'm highly fertile. And I'm missing part of an ovary because I had a, an ovarian cyst when I was young. So I just. Uh, and you I, were cool with that idea. You were happy to proceed. Without, very yeah 
Very. <laughs> and um, and then I just kind of got a little lax on birth control. Uh-huh. I wasn't like crazy about it anymore like I'd like, been before. Uh-huh. And, uh, and that's when I got pregnant. And then, and then I kept thinking, oh well, our, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get attached to it. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm probably gonna, it'll miscarry, right? You know, I mean, I'm 40. It's gonna fucking that miscarry. That woman they got always, in your head so hard. They always, always miscarry. Everybody miscarries first. Yeah, that's like the number one story you hear from pregnant yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, all right, it'll just be like an extra period. And the, but I, then part of me is like, hmm, this would be interesting. Like, me, you know, you start when something happens unexpectedly, uh-huh. you, you part of you is like, well, oh, maybe. And then I also remember, I did jokes about this too, but at the same time, Britney Spears had just had a baby, her <laughs> second one, and Anna Nicole Smith had had that baby. And I was like, if, well, I was like, you know what? If those two can do it, I can do it. And then Anna Nicole Smith is dead. Like six <laughs> months later, like, oh, turns out she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. <laughs> Britney Spears is under conservatorship. She can't do it either. But too that late is for me. So funny. Too late for me. Um, and uh, so yeah, my kid ended up being healthy, and you know. And I was like, if there's downs, it's out. I was like, I had so many plans to get rid of it, and I would like talk to my stomach, and I'd be like. My husband and you I better be healthy. were but also like, because I had to do an egg retrieval before cancer treatment. So I was like, uh, what's happening? And they're like, you've got to get the eggs out because you have a partner. We fertilize them before we freeze them because it's easier to freeze that than eggs. Wow. And then like, you know, they tell you how many got fertilized and then they test them for stuff. And then they're yeah. like, well, two of them have like horrible diseases. Yeah. And you're like, oh God. So then out of 13 eggs, we got two embryos. Oh my God. Which is insane. And like, we know they're boys and we know that they're healthy. Wow. And I want to ask you about this. This is my long way of coming around. That is so, that is so neat. It's weird. It's weird and neat. so weird. Yeah. And neat. And like, while I was getting pumped full of the hormones and like giving myself shots in the stomach for it, I like literally started being like, whereas before I was like, maybe one child. Yeah. Only because like my husband wants one, like maybe one. And then I came, I like told Courtney about this. I was just like, I remember, was like, I don't know. I was like, now that I've had cancer, like now that I have cancer, I realized like people get sick and like die randomly. And like, if I had a kid and it died, like that would ruin me. I got to get a bunch of spares. (laughs) So I was like, I was like, how many backups should I get? I was like, Probably like no less than five. I feel like five seems like good because yeah. I'm like one of them will probably kill themselves because they'll probably be a drug addict. Mm-hmm. That's just like knowing me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like one of them like accident. You know, three like the world's dangerous, dangerous <laughs> place. And maybe I'll end up with two. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like that's probably how it's going to work out the math. And then also I started imagining me showing up to places with my like a million children and how much the idea of it appealed to me. I literally, in my mind, like a fucking psycho, I was sitting there being like, I just walk into a restaurant and seven of us just take the biggest table there is. And I just look at them and I'm like, all of them are of me. Yeah. And I was like, who is this person? You're a queen is what you, you're queen. You guys are from small families though, right? You have one sibling and Sophia, you're you're an only. You would have, there are four of us in my family. I have had that experience. And my dad is one of nine. There's something very cool about it, but it's not like you just get the kids for the restaurant time. There's so no, much. No, I know, but that's so not what I was thinking. I was thinking is like, that's the hormones, right? Oh, that's maybe. not who I am. That's the hormones telling me your biological 
shit wants you to make a billion fucking children. Yeah. And then I think when the hormones retreated, I think like it became less of an appealing idea by a lot. So I was wondering when you were pregnant and you were like, will I keep it? Will I not keep it? Do you feel like literally your body made you want to keep it? I mm. bet. I bet. Did you feel it change? Like you were like, ah, I don't know if I care. And then I'm like, no, I want this baby. Well, it, uh, hmm. I don't, I don't remember like feeling it was like it wasn't from my brain. I don't feel like my body was making my brain feel a certain way. But I, I guess I was, um, I was at this point in my career where I, you know, I, uh, I didn't have a job. Like I'd had a couple writing jobs that they were done mm-hmm. and my agent dropped me and I was like, oh, I might, you know, be, be a cashier soon because <laughs> you can't live on $50 spots in New York, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It just kind of felt like, uh, let's, all right, let's see what's behind door number two. You know, that's. Did you care if you wanted to, if you were going to have a boy or girl? Um, I didn't, but I, I, I'm glad I had a boy, um, just because my own relationship with my mom is so yeah. tense. And I, I do think with girls, if you're a woman, you're, you're going to, you're like, all right, I want you to be like me in this way, but not be like mm-hmm. me in this way. And you start getting all this controlling energy. And with my, for me, with my son, I'm like, uh, I don't know what you're supposed to be. I'm going <laughs> to support you how you are, you know, and I just hope you're good to women. And I think you will be because he's good to me, but I don't have, I, I don't have like crazy, he doesn't have to, I don't have expectations for him that I would have for a, a girl baby that might be bad for her in the That's, long run. Yes. You know? Fascinating. I, fascinating. And I think very true. I think the, my, I have three younger brothers and then it's me. And I just think the way that my mom thinks about me or the version of me she would rather yeah. maybe have as a yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah is a lot different that it's whatever my brother, whatever existence my brother, my brothers, you know, take up, that's cool. But for me, there's definitely certain things that are yes and no. And it, there's also like women know those, what this world is that girls mm-hmm. are being brought up into. Like even my mom, she's not a feminist and she, she goes out of her way to say she's not a feminist. Oh, but, but she, so fun. she knows, you know, I think every woman kind of knows, like, oh, a daughter, okay. I have, there's so many things I have to warn her about. Uh-huh. And so instead of warning her, I'm going to put her in karate. And so that's when it, you start trying to deal with, you're trying to ch- change your, give your girl baby the best possible scenarios. Whereas, like, with a boy, it's like, you know what? I think, you know, you have to go out of your way to fuck it up if you're a boy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Totally. Uh, do you notice anything... So from when you were a kid versus now, I can't imagine raising a kid now with all this kind of shit. And I know. Is it a trip with technology? Yeah. I, you know, he's, he's 10. He doesn't have an iPhone. Like, he has to borrow my stuff all the time, which he does. But um, Do his classmates? Some of them do, which is crazy. Appalling to me. Ooh, you too know? soon. 10 is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he has an I like he makes YouTube videos, and so that's a creative thing. I guess. Aw, what does he make? What kind of videos? Um, he does like those picture in picture while he's playing video, playing a video game. Oh, he'll okay, be, like walkthroughs or yeah, something. Yeah, but he'll be like, "Hi guys," and I'm like, "Who are you talking to?" That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, but he has like six kids in his class that belong subscribe to his YouTube channel. Oh so my god, it's that's hilarious. so funny. Yeah, 
Um, I love that. Does he care that you're a comedian? Does he know that you're kind of a big deal? No, I, I, I don't think I'm a big deal, but I, I, he, he knows I'm. I go out at night. Like, like, do you have a show tonight? Like, I get a lot of that. But he's not like it's amazing. You're on Conan. Does he not care about? No, that? I don't think they know what late night is. For fourth mm. graders don't care about late night TV. At I all. guess I just am thinking only of comedians who watched that stuff when they were like young and stayed up to watch late night. Maybe it doesn't have the same cachet now. Yeah. Well, you don't have to stay up late to watch. I mean, because you could watch it. I mean, on yeah. the next day. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it yeah. changed like even in the last seven years the experience of being a child to, with comedy like you had to stay up late you had to watch it on the DVR or something and yeah. now you can just watch it uh, on, on the phone anytime. when yeah. you're in the car with your mom if she lets you you know which I don't but but it, yeah it's it's the ex, there's almost no common experience growing up <laughs> that I can share with him you know it's weird do you think he would like it if he knew you had jokes about him or do you think he would not like it he knows I have jokes about him and I tell him that they're all lies you know, because uh, I have one joke that implies that he can't swim and he's a really good swimmer. And so I just say, so, just so you know, I, I just make things the diver up about joke. you. Yeah, the drowning joke, yeah. And I just make things up about you. And um, and he makes comic books and he makes things up about them. So he understands it that way. And I said, you know, I just try to, uh, nothing's true. I would never say anything you wouldn't want me to say. And it's weird, I was telling someone else this too, but I have a, I have, I have a chunk about circumcision and uh, a long time ago, I was saying whether or not I circumcised my son before I did it. And then I'm like, ah, <laughs> maybe I should just talk about it generally without actually uh-huh. announcing what his genitals look like to strangers. <laughs> that could be his decision if he wants that's to. An, that's a sweet gift. <laughs> that's so I know funny. that's pretty generous of me. <laughs> I'm a good mom, obviously. Are you dating anyone now? No, I'm not. No? Mm-hmm. Um, Your face for that was priceless. <laughs> Um, I want a gif of you saying. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm try- I'm, I feel like I'm in a creative zone right now, and I kind of uh, want to go with it. But also... Sometimes men smell when you're in that good place, and then they come out of the woodwork trying to date you, trying to ruin it. I agree. They smell your fucking happiness. I agree. Like murderers that just smell the sweet scent of like a virgin <laughs> they want to kill. It's true. They... Yeah, and it's really... You know, like I feel, I feel guilty if I leave my son to do a set, but I get angry when a guy goes, "Are you, oh, you're going out again tonight?" And that makes me angry. And I, and I, I'm like, I just don't want to be disappointing somebody all the time. And that's what it feels like the last couple of relationships have been because I want to give all my spare time to my son, uh-huh. and so I don't give much to a guy. You know, like comedy's, I comedy's more important than a boyfriend. So I don't, you know, sure. yeah, comedy not a, and your son are more important. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. It's so. I, I don't lead a balanced life. Yeah. There's a great imbalance, but maybe one day when I'm 70, am I like when my I figure like he'll be when your son's grown. Yeah, or even like it doesn't when he's have like to be grown. Yeah, just yeah. Grown I mean, enough. he's gonna be annoyed with like he's like now he loves it when I'm home. We watch movies together. Uh-huh. But About that's three years, end. he's gonna start. Yeah. being like get out, stop do a set, me. go on a date, please. Yeah. I hope. So I think I think I'll I'll feel more comfortable dating or anything like that when he's in that mode. But this is such a, a, a short time and and the more tweeny he gets, the more I see like, oh my god, it's ending. It's gonna be ending soon and I wanna get as much as I can out of, of it the while sweet, he still wants boy. to. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's still innocent, you know? Cause Aww. soon he's gonna feel about you like you feel about your mom and he's gonna be like 
I just want to be alone. <laughs> that is in not the house for, sure, for one yeah. minute. That's not for sure, but he'll he'll definitely be more interested in other people. He's gonna all this, you know. He has friends now that he likes, but soon he's gonna have friends he's obsessed with, and he's I gonna, just there's gonna be girls he's obsessed with. And there's and I will be a tiny slice of the pie. Right now, I'm like half the pie. Sure. The other half is is dad and my mom. They kind of split. Like I'm the big dog, and I'm a, I'm about to be demoted. Yeah. And I, before I'm demoted, I just want. You know, as much time as I can in this position. That's so sweet. I'm just saying, every child at 13 totally. doesn't want their parents around. Totally, right. at all. But it no does, matter right. how cool their parents are, right. it's just like something about pushing them away to become your own little person. You have to do it. Yeah, yeah. And then some of us have a life sentence where <laughs> the relationship doesn't yes. get better. Yes. <laughs> um, is that the biggest change about dating pre-son and dating after? Is just that you have this nugget that you're obsessed with, so... Well, yeah, and I have to, like... Like, before I could... Like, I dated guys on... I lived with guys that I didn't want to marry. I was like, oh, what the hell, you uh-huh. know? I'm not going to get married. I'm a comedian. Like, I was very much, like, you You get a little bit of me and not much. So you might as well uh-huh. live with me because you can get a little bit more because you live with me. But I wasn't in the marrying mode ever. And... Because um, uh, I just thought it would weaken me. <laughs> I, it was like kryptonite. It would weaken me. It would weaken my spirit. That's what I felt. And um, uh, and so now I'm just like, well, you know, even when I've seen a boyfriend, like, correct my son, I'm like, excuse me? Uh, you don't talk to my, <laughs> you don't talk to my baby like that, you know? And sure. Um, so I, I don't want to disrupt his safety, you know? Yeah. I don't want to be. I mean, I, I used to have a joke where I was like, I want my son to be successful, so I'm going to get a bad stepfather because that, like, that Bill Clinton had a terrible stepfather, right? And he's the president. But, but the opposite is actually true, where I, I just want him to be as safe as he can be mm-hmm. in, in this little bubble for as long, as long as he's in it. And then when he starts bursting out of the bubble, then maybe I'll date a little bit. But I would never bring a guy to live in the house now. He's too old to have to adjust to another person. Has he met your boyfriends? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Does he care or? No. I mean, but honestly, it's been a, like two years since I've had a boyfriend, and so you know, he just he didn't really care that much. Yeah, I feel like my mom really hid who she dated when I was a kid. Oh yeah. And now it's like seems to me ridiculous that I didn't ever consider that my mom was dating, and I just didn't <laughs> see her do it. Yeah. It seems like I just had that like peaceful child's idea that like my mom was all mine all the time. That's I'm good. Like, yeah, I think and she wherever did she job. was. And I'm sure, like, she had her friends watch me or whatever. If yeah. She was going to have an overnight. Like, I'm sure that happened. Yeah. And I sort of remember maybe things like that. But I think she was so seamless and, like, good at just being, like, integrating my li- Like, integrating it into my life not at all. Yeah. That I think I just never thought about it until I literally became an adult and I was like, there's no way she was like just celibate the entire time I was like a kid. Well, isn't you know? I mean, and isn't it nice that you didn't have to worry about some guy leering at yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I am so grateful. Like, she might not have noticed or known, or maybe he would hide it. Like then I think, what if a, it's a guy that likes boy? Yeah. Like, you know, like any he, and he's really in like that's the kind of single mom mm-hmm. he searches for. You know, I'd rather be celibate for X amount of years than have my son go through any. Be exposed like to that. weirdness. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I know that those aren't the only options of men, but I, but I, I, I'm a worst case it's scenario a person fear, all the time. And yeah, I feel like 
it's already making yourself vulnerable to date period yeah but to like your son is like a permanent vulnerability yeah yeah exists outside your body yeah that you can't control yeah it's, so it's incredibly scary to have a stranger come into that place with your son and then you're just like what am i just hoping he's a good person what right. kind of crazy hope is this do you watch intervention or did you ever watch intervention oh, yeah how many Hooked. addictions started with mom bringing a shitty stepdad uh, into the family unlike Oh, you're just like, oh my God, no. no. Well, so and true. it's just, it's it's the big stuff, probably all the way down to the little stuff. Just yeah. like, you don't want someone randomly correcting or parenting in a different way than you would want yeah. done or all, all the little minutia and, of it. And no one will love your kid as much as you do. Uh-huh. There, that's across the board. There's no way you'll find, there's, you just, that's the one thing I still have in common with his father. As like, oh, we both love this kid more than anything, you know. Oh, that's great. Yeah, but I'll never find a guy who feels like that, and I wouldn't expect him to. But I, you know, it, to bring someone in your house that doesn't completely love your child is also like, what are you doing? Like my mom, she loves. My, I mean, she's annoying, but she loves my son. Like, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, Lori, you want, it sounds like you wound up being such a good mom. <laughs> For someone Shut to- up. I'm not weak. I'm tough. I don't love anybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out and talking to us today. Thanks for having me. This was such a treat. Yeah, this is cool. Thanks. Yeah. Bye, guys. That was a fun one, you guys, wasn't it? So great to have Lori on, learn a little bit more about her. Make sure you check out her podcast on the Nerdist Network, The Jackie and Lori Show. Awesome for everyone, but especially if you're a stand-up. And speaking of great podcasts, this episode of Reality Bites was brought to you by Hot Mike with Dan Savage. Dan Savage and Audible are bringing you a brand new storytelling podcast. The always opinionated advice columnist you know from Savage Love and Savage Lovecasts host this new weekly podcast about storytelling and sex. Great combination, if you ask me. In addition to some of the best and funniest live performances about love, lust, and longing, Dan interviews comedians, singers, and porn stars about the art of revealing your sex life on stage. Some of his featured guests include Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Guy Branham, and many more. And of course, Dan shares some opinion, advice, and even a few stories of his own. So check out new episodes of Hot Mike with Dan Savage every Tuesday. You can listen on Audible, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Check you guys next time.